Welcome to Murder Bucket, the podcast where I dive deep into murders, paranormal activity, abductions, kidnappings, and weird stuff. I'm your host, Hannah. Let's see what I'm going to pull out of the bucket this week. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. On tonight's episode, I will be talking about the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Freeland Oscar Stanley, who was the Yankee steam-powered car inventor, was stricken with a life-threatening case of tuberculosis in 1903. The most effective treatment at the time was fresh, dry air with a lot of sunlight and a hearty diet. Stanley decided to take a trip to the Rocky Mountains in Estes Park, Colorado, and stay there for the summer. His health dramatically improved during his stay, so he and his wife decided to return every year to vacation. In 1907, Stanley was not impressed with the rustic accommodations of the area, so he resolved to turn Estes Park into a resort town. Construction began on the Hotel Stanley. It would consist of 48 rooms that catered to the class of moderately wealthy urbanites who were a part of Stanley's social circle back east. The land was purchased in 1908 through the representatives of the 4th Earl of Dunraven and Mount Earl. Sometime between 1872 and 1884, Lord Dunraven claimed 15,000 acres of Estes Valley in an unsuccessful attempt to create a private hunting preserve. This made him one of the largest foreign holders of American land. He was extremely unpopular with the local ranchers and farmers, as you can imagine, so he left the area in 1884 and handed over the management of the ranch to an overseer. His reputation was so bad that when Stanley suggested the Dunraven as the name of the hotel, 180 people signed a petition requesting that he name the hotel for himself. Can you imagine people not liking you so much that they don't even want a hotel named after you? In 1909, the main portion of the hotel and concert hall were complete. The manor was completed in 1910. Stanley's car company produced a custom fleet of specially designed steam-powered vehicles to bring guests from the nearest train depot located in the foothills of Lyons, Colorado, to the hotel. He called these vehicles the Mountain Wagons, and they accommodated multiple passengers at a time. As a pastime, Stanley operated the hotel personally. He remarked that he spent more money than he made each summer. By 1926, Stanley decided to sell his hotel to a private company incorporated for the sole purpose of running it. That venture ultimately ended up failing in 1929, and he purchased his property at a foreclosure just to sell it again in 1930 to fellow automobile and hotel magnate Roe Emery of Denver. Up until 1983, the resort was only open during the summer season and was shut down in the winter. 
Stanley's involvement, as well as the hotel itself, greatly contributed to the growth of Estes Park and the eventual creation of the Rocky Mountain National Park. Upon opening, the hotel was alleged to be one of the few in the world powered entirely by electricity. However, lack of available power induced the installation of an auxiliary gas lighting system in June of 1911. But just one day after the pipes were filled with gas, on June 25th, an explosion occurred that injured a maid and damaged the structure significantly. The June 29th article in the Fort Collins Express gave the most accurate and detailed description of the incident. It reads that the explosion of gas in the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park Sunday night will not interfere with the reception and entertainment of guests was announced by the management on Monday. The dining room of the Stanley Manor will be used during the time the big building is undergoing repairs. Other accommodations will be adequate because of the fact that the damage was confined briefly to the west end of the building. The management estimates the damage last night at probably $10,000. It was announced that the work of repairing the building will be taken upon at once and pushed to completion as rapidly as possible. The explosion was caused by an accumulation of gas from a leaky pipe. This gas accumulated in the space between the ceiling of the dining room and the floor of the second story. A chambermaid who was in a room directly above the dining room was in the act of lighting the gas when the match which she held in her hand ignited, escaping the gas. The explosion which followed tore a huge hole in the floor, precipitating great quantities of plaster, timbers, and other debris in the dining room. The chambermaid, Lizzie, had both ankles broken and is thought to have a concussion because of the explosion. She was thrown into a hole into the floor. She was not, however, thrown through into the dining room, being caught by the timbers and held until rescued. She was taken to a hospital in Longmount. She had been in the employ of the hotel ever since it was built and came here from Philadelphia. Two waiters also sustained slight injuries, one suffering a dislocated hip and other being struck across the face by a flying plank. Neither of these, however, is in serious condition. Alfred Lamborn, manager of the hotel, his wife and daughter and several guests were in the dining room at the time of the explosion, but all miraculously escaped injury. The dining room was badly wrecked and the west end of the building was badly strained out of the line from the force of the explosion. At least 10 large plate glass windows on the ground floor were shattered, as well as several doors, which were blown from their hinges. The hotel is originally lit by electricity from a private plant in the neighborhood, but the generator in this plant showed signs early Sunday afternoon of giving trouble Sunday night, so the preparations were made to put the auxiliary lighting system into working order. The generating plant for the system is located in Stanley Manor, and the big building had just been piped for gas last winter, the pipes never having been filled with gas until Sunday. Some of the most notable guests to stay in the Stanley Hotel include Eric Fromm, a German psychoanalyst who stayed here in 1934. Governor Alf Landon, a Republican from Kansas, stayed here while running for president against Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1936. In 1974, Stephen King and his wife stayed in room 217. 
Bob Dylan and Joan Baez stayed here in 1976 during the Rolling Thunder Review Tour. In 1994, Emperor Akihito of Japan, Empress Michiko, and Crown Prince Naruhito stayed here while on a state visit to the United States. The Dumb and Dumber cast and crew, including Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, stayed here in 1994. In 1996, the Shining cast and crew stayed here as well. I'm sure most of you have either watched or at least heard of the book and movie called The Shining. In a 1977 interview by the Literary Guild, Stephen King recounted, While we were living in Boulder, we heard about this terrific old mountain resort hotel and decided to give it a try. But when we arrived, they were just getting ready to close for the season and we found ourselves the only guests in the place, with all those long, empty corridors. King and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room, accompanied by canned orchestral music. Except for our table, all the chairs were up on the tables, so the music is echoing down the hall, and, I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and to see those things. By the time I went to bed that night, I had the entire book in my mind. In another retelling, King said, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide and screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of the bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair, looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of the shining firmly set in my mind. The Shining was published in 1977 and became the third great success of King's career after Carrie and Salem's Lot. The primary setting is an isolated Colorado resort named the Overlook Hotel, which closes for the winter. In the front matter of the book, King tactfully states, Some of the most beautiful resort hotels in the world are located in Colorado, but the hotel in these pages is based on none of them. The overlook and the people associated with it exist wholly in the author's imagination. If you're like me and have never either read or watched The Shining, here is a brief synopsis of both. The Shining book centers on the life of Jack Torrance, a struggling writer and recovering alcoholic who accepts a position as the off-season caretaker of the historic Overlook Hotel in the Colorado Rockies. His family accompanies him on this job, including his young son, Danny, who possesses The Shining, an array of psychic abilities that allows Danny to see the hotel's horrific past. Soon, after a winter storm leaves them snowbound, the supernatural forces inhabiting the hotel influence Jack's sanity, leaving his wife and son in incredible danger. In The Shining movie, Jack Torrance, who is played by Jack Nicholson, becomes winter caretaker at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado, hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in along with his wife, Wendy, who is played by Shelley Duvall, and his son, Danny, who is played by Danny Lloyd, who is plagued by psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent on terrorizing his family. Stephen King himself despises The Shining movie, 
He has held a grudge against Stanley Kubrick's film. And the main reason that he doesn't like Stanley's adaptation of his third novel is because King believes it goes against what he set out to do with his book. In King's book, the lead character returns to his loving self and warns his family to run away. But in the movie, the character freezes to death. The background story of the main character mirrors King's relationship with alcoholism and his own fear of hurting his family while deeply intoxicated. It is an addiction that King has thankfully overcome. In King's view, the movie lacks the warmth and humanity that he brought to his book. Stephen King's distaste for Stanley Kubrick's The Shining was so notorious that he championed the 1997 miniseries adaptation, even making a cameo into it to show his blessing. In the 1994 film Dumb and Dumber, the Stanley Hotel served as the fictional Hotel Danbury of Aspen, Colorado. From 2013 to 2015, the hotel has hosted the Stanley Film Festival. It was an independent horror film festival operated by the Denver Film Society. The film festival was ultimately canceled in 2017. Top Chef used the hotel as a venue for episode 10 of season 15. Episode 3 of season 4 of Ghost Adventures, Zach, Nick, and Aaron get locked in the Stanley Hotel. During their stay, they investigate three hotel rooms, the Manor House and the Farmer Carriage House. In the recap on the TravelChannel.com, Zach talks with resident paranormal investigator Kalia Seek. She shows him a tunnel that connects the main hotel to the employee dorms. She states that during a snowstorm, a workman was in the tunnel and it collapsed. He ultimately died because he was trapped in the tunnel with no means of escaping. Collier recounts a death that occurred at the hotel in the early 2000s and the mattresses were removed from the room and placed in the former carriage house. She tells Zach of her own experience that she had while there where she felt something grab her. She asked for the spirit to let her go. She believes that it was the person who died on the mattress that was brought to the carriage house. Before their official lockdown, Zach, Nick, and Aaron decided to sleep in rooms 401, 412, and 428. Those are considered to be the most haunted rooms in the hotel. During Nick's stay in one of those rooms, he captures an EVP of what is thought to be the spirit of a man provoking him. Zach was woken up by an unexplained noise in his room and captured an EVP of a spirit telling him that someone was coming. While Aaron was sleeping in his room, it's believed that his loud snoring angered a spirit that was sleeping in the same room. Murder by Death is an indie rock band that has performed an annual series of winter concerts at the hotel since 2014. Many people claim that after Stephen King's The Shining was filmed, it became one of the most haunted hotels in the United States. Some claim that room 217, where King himself stayed, is the most haunted spot on the grounds. The room is thought to be haunted also by Elizabeth, who was the hotel maid that was injured during the 1911 gas explosion. Guests have reported that their belongings will be unpacked during their stay and objects get moved. Others report hearing a disembodied voice of a woman during the night. There was a gentleman named Paul who was a jack-of-all-trades that used to work at the hotel. During his employment, some of his duties 
were to enforce an 11 p.m. curfew. Some guests claimed to see him wandering around the concert hall. The fourth floor where the maids' quarters were located is also said to be haunted. Many believe that the workers' children might still reside in the area. People have recounted hearing children playing, giggling, and running up and down the hallways. During your stay here, you can enjoy the historic Stanley Night Tour. This is the description on their website. Immerse yourself in the same rich story of the historic Stanley Hotel. After dark. This 60-minute walking tour will introduce you to Mr. F.O. Stanley and his wife, Flora, Stephen King, and the other noteworthy visitors of the last 110 years. The Stanley Night Tour is a unique way to experience the hotel's history, architecture, folklore, and pop culture with a knowledgeable storyteller under the ambiance of nighttime in the Rocky Mountains. Each tour offers you opportunities to explore, ask questions, and perhaps leave with a few stories of your own. Even though tonight's episode is a little shorter than normal, I hope you have enjoyed the information I researched about the Stanley Hotel located in Estes Park, Colorado. Please enjoy this promo from my friends at Let's Start a Cult podcast. My fellow citizens, our earth is in the middle of a crisis, plunging deeper into chaos. No, I feel your pain and your loss. We can't stand idly by and let this happen. We must rise up and... (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. Damn it. Well, this is awkward. Hi, my name is Josh Shell, and I am the host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast. Where each episode, myself and some guests take a look at different cults from around the world. For educational purposes only and definitely not to start our own cult. Join me every other week as we break down dangerous religious cults, political extremist groups, and every other kind of cult in between. Should I apologize for the terrible southern accent? No? Okay. Subscribe and listen to Let's Start a Cult anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Murder Bucket, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at The Murder Bucket, on Facebook at Bucket Murd, and on Instagram at Murd Bucket.